Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15, we're still on our series about how to be spiritual, and uh, we're going to add some things to our introduction, uh, give you a quick review, and we're continuing uh, learning about our spirit and a breach of spirit. So let's look at Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in spirit. So if you look at uh, verse 1, 2, and uh, 4, we have this uh, repeated context of words. Uh, words are very powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we can see the words that we speak out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then the words we subject ourselves to uh, could cause a breach in the spirit. Uh, conversely, wise, godly words could really heal your spirit. So if you know somebody who's changed and they uh, say, well, what's happened? You can mark it down. They've been listening to the wrong thing. They've been subjecting themselves to the wrong information or they're dwelling on uh, something that is perverse. So uh, this is very important for our, our health and overall uh, our, our being. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts, especially at this time. We need your comfort. We need your grace. Help us to steward wisely uh, over the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, our spirit, that we could know more of how to be spiritual and that we could uh, live the victorious life, glorify thee, and influence others for Christ. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a real quick review. In 3 John, uh, verse, first couple verses, we've been studying, we've done this in the past, about the, uh, the health of the body is affected by the quality of the health of the soul, and then the health or the quality of the soul is affected by the health of the spirit. So a lot of people just look at symptoms. They don't want to really solve the problem. And a lot of people just have a, a difficulty with going back to the root cause. So. It's just like if you have a cold, you know, you can take medicine, things that may help the symptoms, but to really solve the problem, you have to know what's causing it uh, and you have to delve deep. So a lot of people have physical problems because they have soul problems and they have soul problems because they have spiritual problems, little less. So Proverbs 4, 7 uh, teaches us that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important thing in life that you should seek, value, learn, study, treasure, guard. It's the principal thing. All the things that people seek for, 
If they would get wisdom, wisdom will give them all these things. But if you seek those things and you ignore wisdom, uh, you're simply not going to get it. There are no shortcuts. So we've looked at this briefly in the past. There's basically three attitudes uh, about life or viewpoints or perspectives of, about life. The first one is fatalism. Fatalism basically is uh, your destiny is already predetermined for whatever reason or by whatever power, but there's nothing you can do about it. You know, uh, you know it's just whatever's going to happen, it's already happened. The old West saying was, whatever is written is written. Nothing you can do about it. So people who become fatalistic, they become a, a victim really of circumstances because they don't believe free will can change their life. They're fatalistic. You, you have the second group of nihilism. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Basically, it's existentialism where there's uh, just no objective uh, look or intrinsic value to anything. You know, there's a lot of people just go through life, they live life, they never look at principles or uh, the rules that God made that govern His creation. They're just basically living. And they see really no value in their decisions. They're just existing. And then uh, the third one is the right one, free will. So free will, God made every man his image. God has a will. God gave us volition to choose. We can make decisions. And I say it all the time, one great decision can change your whole life. One. One bad decision can ruin and wreck your whole life. And if you understand this and accept the responsibility that you make wisdom the principal thing. And with your free will, you allow uh, God's word to ring true. The old King James, the final authority, the final authority for belief and practice. Uh, it will change your whole life. So we're looking at our body, our soul, and our spirit, little s, so your spirit has a quality. Your spirit can be too hot. It can be too cold. Your spirit can even be cold, damp, wet, kind of, you know what that feels like. Your spirit can be dry heat, just too burning, too intense. And your spirit can be controlled by whatever you subject yourself to or the decisions that you make. But as we're looking at in the text, it's based upon the power of the words that we either say or we subject ourselves to. So the operation of God, that sounds charismatic, but it is a Bible doctrine. How does God work in our life? We need to recognize, as I, we looked at, these indicators that, good or bad, that are chronological order of events, the first domino to fall, if you will. 
these, uh, they call them triggers. This thing will happen, that'll cause this to happen, that'll cause this to happen. A wise person will realize that through uh, discretion, prudence, wisdom, understanding, you can come to a good realization of why these things are happening. So as we looked at, is the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. The soul answers to God. The soul lives in the body. The body is the house of the soul and the spirit. And in some ways, the soul is connected to the body. Remember in the Old Testament, they said, it's the savory meat which my soul loveth. Your, uh, your stomach doesn't love flavors. It's your soul is connected to the flesh which loves certain things. Uh, you know, that's just the truth of it. Now, your spirit has to be divided asunder, as we've looked at in Hebrews 4.12, by the Word of God, so that we can know the difference, put a difference, and we can be truly spiritual, and then yield to God's Holy Spirit. Because remember, the word psychology is taken from the, the root word psychology, or psychiatry, which is the word for soul. It's the study of the soul, and very few people go back further. You have to delve deeper. What's the real problem? It's a spiritual problem. So, you know, you could self-destruct by being too hot, too dry. You could get what we looked at, a spiritual aneurysm. You could have a breakdown, or you could get what is called liver burnout. Your, uh, the functions of the organs of your body are related to your spirit, the neurological system of your body, your nervous system, and a lot of people are on the brink of having what is called a nervous breakdown, or they're just got over one, or they live in a constant, or they're planning their next one. That's the old joke. So, but if you're wise, you can be fervent in spirit, but not self-destruct. So if you think about an aneurysm, is you have a weakness in the wall of a vessel, but the problem comes from within. So as the blood flows, it, it pressures up. You know, in, in this, we're dealing with water pressure now uh, a lot lately trying to study it over long distances. You have to build the pressure. So if there's a weakness in the wall, that is a problem from the inside out. So that's what the Bible calls a breach. This is a breach in the spirit because of an internal pressure. Too much pressure internally. Now the other word we'll look at, Lord willing, later on, is a broken spirit and a broken spirit is the result of external pressure. So you could have a broken spirit by something that happened to you circumstantially, could be your fault or beyond your control, or you could have a breach in the spirit which is internal that blows outwardly, or you could have both. This is what happens to a lot of people, uh, and you need to be very careful. You know. Uh, a lot of people don't understand this. 
You could care too much. I know that sounds really weird, isn't it? You could care too much, too long. You could not care enough, too long. You know, some people are just cold and callous. Other people are just burning up. So the Bible says that the fervent prayer of a righteous, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, on the other hand, perverse words bring what? A breach in the spirit. So this spirit has a quality and it's likened to many things. It can be wounded, it can be broken, it can be breached. So what is very, very significant? We need to guard our spirit. You know, the Bible says, my son, give me thine heart. And then it says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly. But we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and what? Strength, that's your spirit, and your na thy neighbor is thyself. So if we're not careful, we can overpressure in a bad way. And, and I deal with this a lot in counseling and, and through studies and things. But, you know, if you have a certain lining or a wall that is only made for a certain type pressure, you know, it could be made for dry heat. It could be made for cold damp you know, just like Freon or a coolant in uh, your air conditioning of your vehicle or like a refrigerator or a freezer. You put the wrong type in there, it still pressures it up. You say, well, what's the big difference? It's the quality of the pressure. And the Bible likens our spirit to a vapor. It's, it's like a moving spirit. So if, if you have uh, potential energy, and then you have kinetic energy. You can have all the potential in the world, but if it doesn't move, if it doesn't take action, then there's no real true energy. It was just there, but never used. And a lot of people start dwelling on the wrong thing for too long. A lot of people are sincere, but sincerely wrong. A lot of people get off on what we call a tangent, they start riding a hobby horse. They won't let it go. And it begins to dominate their life. And then if you're not careful, because of the conscious leads into the subconscious, it can become, uh, it can exist and you forget that it's there. You forget that you allowed this to become a part of your spirit. And then you don't realize it's still there. And you're living according to this quality. You know, and you, you'll see people like, what was that? Oh, did you hear that? Oh, never mind. It's just the spirit. <laughs> so it's like wind. It's like wind. So if the Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's a very amazing thing. But if you've got a breach in your spirit, you're going to have a blowout. You know, talking about uh, you, you go out to your vehicle, you look, there's a little oil. You go, man, must have, what happened? Blew a gasket. You know, your manifold or something, blew, blew a gasket. Uh, a lot of people are blowing gaskets right now. 
they have too much pressure and they have not undergirded themselves to handle what they did to themselves. You know, I was, I saw this, I don't know where I saw it, but a lot of people get injured by burning their trash on ranches and farms. They throw aerosol cans and they, they don't realize those things are under high pressure, super high. It's basically a bomb, a hand grenade, and we've seen them blow. I'm talking about blow 30, 40 feet in the air, shrapnel. You know, it's like one of those capacitors on your air condition where it domes up. Well, I don't know why that happens. Usually lightning or something, but these things explode. And what, what happens to a lot of people is they can't let it go. They can't move on. So there's a balance between uh, dealing with problems, compassion, trying to solve problems, then realizing things that are none of your business, and then realizing when you need to let go. So this, this is what happens. A lot of people get too pressurized. They're just, they live it, they're living dangerously, very, very dangerously. Road rage is the, almost the new norm. You have to be very careful these days. Uh, just people are full of rage. So let's look at uh, our text, Proverbs 15, and look at, once again, verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. So the tree of life relates to Israel and all those who have proselytized to Judaism according to dispensational truth. But basically, it's just the principle of health and longevity. Health and longevity is a result of wholesome words. And, sad to say, a breach in the spirit is a result of perverse words. Now, look at chapter 18, if you will, of Proverbs. And this is just a verse that... Uh, it's, it's very, very important word. L look what it says in uh, verse 4. Proverbs 18, verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Now, if you don't have the flowing, cool, clean brook, we're a vessel. God's just flowing that abundant life. If, if you try to build a dam or if you shut the valve or if you flip the switch or if you trip the breaker or if you are a weak person and you have a wall lining that is thin, you're going to blow. You can't back up the pressure. You know, you can only back it up for so long. Then you have to have a release. And, and a lot of people, they don't have that wellspring, that flowing brook in their life. They're just pent up emotion, trauma, anger, fear, resentment. And, and some people try to live happy all the time. You can't be happy all the time. It'd be great, wouldn't it? But it's not really realistic. But so you, you have this, things happen. I face reality. I deal with it the right way. Things happen. I face reality. I deal with it the right way. So a lot of people, 
they try to shut the valve, they get overpressured, something's gonna blow. Something is gonna blow. So look at um, chapter 25, if you will, Proverbs. And look at verse 28. Now this is so crucial, I'll, I encourage everyone to memorize this verse. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Do you accept the wisdom of God that you have free will to rule your own spirit? I rule my spirit. You rule your. The Bible says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Your spirit is subject to who? You. Now, I forget what, what was that one Brother Howes always said, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue. My disposition depends on you. That's how most people live. But, you know, you ought to say, I'll decide my spirit. I'll decide my disposition. I'll decide if I'm happy or if I'm sad or how long I grieve. That's why, biblically, they had a 40-day grieving period of the loss of a loved one, and they moved on. You know, it's real tragedy. You can't live there, though. You can't live there. You can't be hardened either and callous, but you set a time, you say, I've moved on. Now, I asked you, when are you going to do that? How long are you going to stay in one state? You have free will to rule your own spirit. And a lot of people just say, I just think I'm going to live here. I just think I'm going to stay with this state of existence. So your spirit will make or break your success in life, in the ministry, in the kingdom. And this will affect your soul. So have you ever seen somebody try to be soulish with not a good spirit? These are hard things to explain. You've seen it. You ever seen somebody try to have a great personality and charisma, but they don't have anything to back it up? It's, it's kind of funny. And then have you ever seen somebody else who's just burning like wildfire and it never connects properly to their soul? You see that a lot. So the Bible says, uh, I, I read it today, that Jesus cast out, it says it was a dumb spirit. It was a dumb spirit. He cast it out. Person immediately began to, to speak. There are uh, evil spirits, unclean spirits, deaf spirits. There are spirits of anger, spirits of jealousy. Fear is a spirit. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Oh, is it 1 Timothy 1 7 or something? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's the spirit God gave us. Now, if you begin to be struck with fear and you embrace it and then you talk about it and then you listen to words of fear and then you dwell on fear and then you watch horror movies or fear movies and then people who are fear mongers and you dwell on it, you're going to have the spirit of fear. But God didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the, the, it's power and love and of a sound mind. So 
crazy people. The Bible says they are mad beside themselves. They're beside themselves. They're controlled by something of a spirit that they are not in their right mind. It affects your soul by the words of the spirit that you subject yourself to. So if we're going to succeed, the Bible word is fervency, which means hot, boiling, glowing, intense, but with the right pressure. You have to have the right pressure. Can't let it overbuild up. Then if we fail, we have this breach or broken, which is a fracture or ruin and the word really means a burst of a dream. You're, you know, if you build up a fantasy of what you think life is, that's not a realistic expectation according to the will of God. And you get your hopes and dreams up. And then you, your bubble gets busted. You're, you could be just totally let down. This happens to people all the time. So it's the burst of a dream. So the perverse words, listen to what this word means. It's very interesting. It means a distortion. It's not clear. It's not pure. It's not right. It's distortion, viciousness, and the word means to subvert or overthrow. Now, if anybody knows about electric guitar or uh, technology, distortion that's what the devil invented to get feedback they have pickups you pluck the string this electronic speaker picks it up and uh, that, that's really what it is in a rock and roll is distortion it's not pure it's not true there's something wrong and the and it's a vibration so remember God said, for God said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It's a vibration of a sound that God uses. His holy word is not distorted at all. It's, it's very, well, we can't even relate, but, you know, the audible sound, but it's the holy word of God. And a lot of people, though, their whole life is in distortion. They, it's, everything is like foggy. It's not black or white. It's kind of gray. They can't see clearly. They're always confused. They're always wondering. It's kind of like those silly women that says they, the, the, they go house to house, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I, I knew a deacon He's passed away now in a Baptist church. He, he grew up in church, went to every service, three services a week, became a deacon. Until the day he died, he still did not know the fundamentals of the faith. He still never just let the Bible be true, and he would get this idea and that idea. It was one of the saddest things. Uh, and then he, they got a new preacher, and he says, well, we've got a, finally got a pastor that can teach the Word. And I just, what, what a sad 
tragedy. Uh, the pastor and teacher's qualifications that go together, but I'm talking fundamentals of the faith. I know people that went to church their whole life and never settled eternal security. Never, never rightly divided the word of truth. Never understood it and died and never got it. Why? Distortion. They heard a heretic. They read a book by a televangelist. They got involved in the charismatic movement. They got involved in a work salvation. They misinterpreted the Word of God when there is no private interpretation of Scripture. They never got it. They lived their whole life in distortion. So think of all the words people subject themselves to today. And uh, on the television, the internet, people talking, conversing over a meal, all the foolish texting of, and the bullying or whatever, all the things that these snappy chats or whatever it's called, tweeters and all that stuff, they, they listen to it constant. That, that's all they care about. Look what somebody said. You know, look what they ate for lunch. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Look what they said about them. Oh, I'll think I'll say something about that. Oh, look how many reviews they got on that stupidity. Will you rate that three stars or five? Man, I, it's just insanity. And then their whole view of life is what? Distorted. They're, they can't think or see and this is where we're at in our society. So let me give you some, uh, we're almost through. Just listen to these examples in the Word of God. God breached the contract with Israel in the Palestinian covenant. Remember, God promised to give them all the land, but there were conditions they had to meet, and they didn't meet the conditions. They didn't utterly drive out the inhabitants of the land. So God was not obligated to this day until the second coming of Christ. This covenant will not be fulfilled. God breached it because Israel didn't meet the conditions. Israel breached the contract. And what does it say? Moses stood in the gap to make up the head. He made up the breach. There, it's like the Alamo. What did they do? It's kind of strange. Maybe it's because the Tennesseans were sharpshooters. Why didn't they attack the palisade, which was nothing but cedar? Why did they keep pounding the north wall? Because they knew it was in decay and it was in ruins. They just kept pounding it for 12 days. And then how did they get in the Alamo? North wall. What did they do? They breached the wall. They, they knocked a hole in the wall. Nehemiah did what? Repaired the breaches of Jerusalem. He rebuilt the wall, rebuilt the gates. There were breaches in the protection of God's people and uh, the city. How many things are out there wanting us to either from the inside out have an aneurysm or from the outside in, breaches. Just about everything. Did you know that? In the media, 
politics, happenings, world events, local things that are happening, everything out there is trying to get us. Now, wisdom is the principal thing. And you can rule your own spirit. So we can shut it off. We can turn it on. We can increase the fire and the zeal and the fervency. Or we can calm down. So it's sad that a hippie knows more than most Christians when they say, hey, cool it. Simmer down, bud. Just sit still a while. You know what I mean? A lot of people just can't let it go. They're just... And then other people, I don't know what they are, they're just there. <laughs> There's nothing. It's a big deal for them to breathe. You know, there, there's no spirit at all. So, John 6, 63. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that we hear are spirit, they are life, or they are spirit and they bring death. You know, I'll guarantee you, if you live in a certain state of melancholy, sadness, gloom, weakness, depression, fear, anger. You can mark it down. You're dwelling on the wrong words that are giving you that type of spirit. And if you have a great spirit and you're uppity and you, you got victory and God's grace is sufficient and you're not living in the past and you're letting it go and you have hope for the future and you can smile and mean it, you're subjecting yourself to good words. And, you know, all you got to do is start looking at somebody. Yeah, it's, it's sad that you've been listening to the wrong thing. It's, you know, the, the, the secrets of life are very simple. They're not mysterious, but people don't like that. You're either saying the wrong thing, thinking about the wrong thing, or listening to somebody else say the wrong thing. That's why they have algorithms. They'll pick that up and they'll just... So, Psalm 2, the kings of the earth meet and talk a rebellion against the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all in the word of God. So, pray about your mouth. I've got, I've, we're out of time. We can look at some of this next time. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 71, 8, Psalm 141, 3. We're supposed to pray about what we say and we're supposed to think on these things and we're not to hear perverse words which bring a distortion to what is true and real and clear from the Word of God. Very, very important. Now I say this. The cogitations of the heart. A thought may come into your mind and emotion may fill your heart. You don't have to say it. A wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Most people just say whatever they feel. They say whatever comes into their mind. And what if that was a distorted thought? What if that was distortion? That's going to bring a breach in the spirit. 
You know, the devil can't read your mind. He's not omnipresent. He doesn't know what you're thinking. He doesn't know what you're feeling. If you tell people, he's, he knows. He's got you. You don't have to say it. You, you think about, is this worth meditating upon? Should I say it? Should I bring up the conversation? Because words have power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right, so you have to decide when to move on. When are you going to move on? How long are you going to dwell on certain things? Regroup, refire. All right, let's stand.